Welcome to Primer, a podcast that gets you closer to the heart of the matter. As you may know, the Primer is a small cap at the base of ammunition that when struck by a firing pin goes BAM. It ignites the gunpowder and sends the bullet downrange. The point of the podcast is like that, to get you going in the right direction quickly by briefly tackling a variety of subjects like books, people, events, issues, whatever. After listening, if you want to take it further, you can. Episodes and more information can be found at personalprimer.com. I'm Joe McCormick, and let's get you primed on Winston Churchill in a remarkable book that captures the predicament that he was in early on in the war. Why am I talking about Winston Churchill? He's a famous character. Everybody knows about Churchill. Maybe not. He is probably one of the most pivotal, if not the most pivotal players in the 20th century, historically. A man that changed history for the better. There's a Primer Plus episode that's following, and it's Melissa Ryle, my colleague, uh, and a contributor to Primer, interviewing uh, Jerry Lennonberg, who is um, a real history buff, and he goes much deeper into, into Churchill and in all of the, the, the deeper, bigger context of what was happening in the Second World War. But to get you primed, I want to talk about three things. First, who was Churchill? Second is, what was happening in 1940, right early on in the war when he became prime minister in May? And how dark? And third is, how dark and dire it all was at that time? There's a couple of pieces of information I think that you'd want to, to have access to. Um, two movies and a book, Okay. The, the two movies I would highly recommend would be Darkest Hour with Gary Oldman playing Churchill, magnificent, and then the movie Dunkirk, which was uh, done by Christopher Nolan, You're famous for the Batman movies. And the book that I would recommend is called The Splendid and the Vile. Okay, so those are, those are like the things that I would, if I were you, take it to go further um, about... Four or five months ago, I was walking in my local town and I stumbled, was in a bookstore and I was just kind of like browsing around. I was with some friends and I see this book laying out there, never heard of it, The Splendid and the Vile, but I did know the author, Eric Larson. So I've loved Eric Larson as an author. He wrote The Devil in the White City, which is about, he's a historical novelist. So he's really, really gifted at at very, very intricate, well-researched details from history and in stitching together a story that's really a page-turner. So The Devil in the White City is about a serial killer and the story of how Chicago became the, the host of the, the World's Fair in the late 1800s. He also wrote a book called Dead Wake, which is about the sinking of the Lusitania. Um, one of my favorite books is a book called Isaac's Storm, which is about how a Category 4 or 5 hurricane hit Galveston, Texas in 1900, and nobody knew it was coming. It wiped out the entire city. Thousands and thousands of people were killed, and nobody knew that it was coming. So Eric Larson is an amazing author, so I see this book out there, and I don't... It's kind of a weird title, The Splendid and the Vile, and it's about the Battle of Britain, which I know very little about, so I dove into this book, and it's it's, it's amazing. It's a, it's a It really is a page-turner. It's a 500-page book, and I'm just pouring through it like it's it's like you're watching uh, it's like binging on it even and really what you start to get into in the book the splendid and the vile is how pivotal winston churchill is in western history 
when you watch the movie Darkest Hour, the the Splendid and the Vile is sort of the book version of that, but it goes much deeper into what, what was happening. Um, what you start to see is, you know, all of these things are happening, and I didn't realize they all happened in such a short amount of time. So let's start out and talk about who is Winston Churchill. Um, Winston Churchill was most famously the Prime Minister of England. Okay, so he was the Prime Minister. I didn't know this, but twice. He was the Prime Minister um, starting in May of 1940. And he was the Prime Minister all the way to 1945. And then he, right after the war, was no longer the Prime Minister and became Prime Minister again in 1951 to 1955. The focus... uh, of this primer episode though is going to be Winston Churchill right at the beginning of him being prime minister. The other thing, a couple of things to consider about Churchill is, is he was not a popular person. So he was a, a very controversial character. He was not liked by many people. Um, he had many big blunders historically. Um, there was a whole period of, he called it something like his time in the wilderness where he was just sort of out, not in the political stage um, but he was on the out, he was sort of on the outs, if you will, um, an amazing writer and communicator. And one of the things that you'll see in the movie Darkest Hour is how Gary Ullman plays him. He was a big drinker and he was a big thinker and he would, he was an incredible writer and he's very eccentric and he did all these, you know, he, but he had the gift of communicating and inspiring people at a really, really, um, momentous period of history in the movie Darkest Hour really captures that. And then The Splendid and the Vile goes deeper into his family and his relationships and his decisions and how he put people into certain positions and how decisive he was and his penchant for drinking and taking naps and having baths and all these, I mean, just these things that he, he was just an odd character, but incredibly gifted and, but not popular, not, not popular. You know, just to illustrate this as, a, as an example of his writing, he just was an amazing writer and speaker. Um, he was talking about the, the Royal Air Force, the RAF pilots that were in the Battle of Britain. And he once said famously, and this is kind of the, 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 the long quote, the gratitude of every home in our island, in our empire, and indeed throughout the world, except in the abodes of the guilty, goes out to the British airmen who... Undaunted by odds, unwearied in their constant challenge and mortal danger, are turning the tide of the world war by their prowess and by their devotion. Never in the field of human conflict was so much owed by so many to so few. Wow. I mean, that is just beautiful speaking and it's beautiful communication. As the author of a book um, called Brief, uh, he wrote a memo once about the importance of brevity. And, and when I read that and doing the in research, it was just as remarkable. It's a one-page thing about how we need to speak clearly and concisely and how being direct is valuable and it leads to clear thinking. But he was a really gifted communicator. And his one of his greatest gifts was the ability to inspire people in a dire moment. So the second thing, let's tackle like what was happening in 1940 in May. So... What the movie Dunkirk starts to portray is, I thought Dunkirk was a battle, but Dunkirk wasn't a battle. It was an evacuation. Operation, the, the, the German Blitzkrieg, had they, the Germans had just poured across Europe 
into France and they just were in a matter of months had basically conquered France. Well, all the soldiers that were there were, were in, re in retreat and the, the, the allied servicemen, there were th almost 340,000 of them and they were being pushed back into the ocean and they were going to get, they were going to get destroyed. And Dunkirk d describes in a very Christopher Nolan-esque way with there's different scenes and some of the scenes are real time and some are by days and by weeks. It's just the time cuts are very odd. So you have to understand, read the instructions before the movie starts because if you don't, you'll be confused. But it's a very interesting portrayal of just the desperation of all of these soldiers that were all going to be massacred. And Operation Dynamo was this bold, um, it's really characterized in the movie Darkest Hour, how Churchill... Um, in, in essence, brilliantly engineers an escape by sending fishing boats. Thousands, hundreds of thousands, hundreds or thousands of fishing boats from England to France, and they put the soldiers on the on the boats and got them out. And they and it was it literally saved the the army. And he did that, and that's so that's characterized in Darkest Hour, the movie, and also in um, the movie Dunkirk. Really, die. so the movie Darkest Hour really is a great title because it's just dire. You're you're watching this, and it's just like you just can feel the oxygen being pulled out of the room about how an imminent, you know, defeat the whole situation, how bad it was. I just I never I never had a a sense historically of, and right in that moment while Dunkirk is happening, Churchill becomes prime minister in May. Right, right then. So when you pick up, like, really the, the point of the Splendid and the Vile is, so he, he architects that just miraculous evacuation of all of those, you know, 300, nearly 340,000 soldiers from Dunkirk, get, gets them back to the UK. And then on the heels of that, so he's becoming prime minister, the Battle of Britain begins. And that's where the book, The Splendid and the Vile, really focuses its attention. So when you look at the, the Battle of Britain, it really is an aerial battle. So it's Hitler um, in the Luftwaffe um, amassing this aerial bombardment of, of England. And it starts to get into details in the book about Churchill, what he's doing to defend it. But the, the island is bracing for um, uh, an invasion, but it starts with the bombardment in the Battle of Britain. So... Um, Dunkirk is happening, they're in retreat, and everybody in England is, is getting ready for uh, the German army is going to invade um, the mainland, but it's preceded by this bombardment, which was intended to, 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 to weaken the, the population's um, willingness to fight. And in Hitler's strategy and, his, and all of his henchmen's strategy was to basically anticipating that, that the UK is going to capitulate, they'll, they'll sign a peace treaty that they will um, um, won't have to invade. They'll just scare, basically scare them into surrender, much like what happened in France. But what they didn't realize is who Winston Churchill was as a leader and how he rallied to understand. And he had years prior to that, World War II, was really predicting and, and talking openly about the the Nazi threat and how imminent and how evil um, Hitler was, but the Battle of Britain was um, 
a bombardment of London and all of the UK, and it starts to get into the inner workings of what's happening with the British people are, are, are in, in fear, but fighting. Um, and one of the things that I loved about the book, um, is, is certainly it's a page turner. It's very, it's interesting. It's intricate. It's telling a story. The chapters are nice and short. So I like that. I pick up a book, I can read a few chapters, but the chapters aren't super long. Um, it, it keeps you moving was this, assignment of a guy named Lord Beaverbrook by Churchill to take over the aircraft production. It was a unique Churchill moment of being decisive. He was a very decisive leader, incredibly decisive, that it was absolutely paramount that England produce enough aircraft to be able to counter this aerial invasion. And he appointed this outsider to this role who was very, very, like Churchill, was very controversial, a polemical leader, hard to get along with, very, very strong-willed. And he, he, he pushed, pushed, pushed hard to dramatically increase aircraft production in a time where people didn't think it was possible. But he did. And they literally overnight just grew the size of their air force to counter this threat. And... And Churchill, as a leader, was inspiring the country to fight. And, and that, that quote that I'll, I'll read again is remarkable because it really speaks to how deeply Churchill believed in the British people to, to, to rise up and, and to fight back. You know, again, just listen to these words, but the, 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 the tone of gratitude and, and urgency and you know, never in the field of human conflict was so much owed by so many to so few that he put in the hands of these pilots to, 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 to go up in the air and put their lives at risk to defend the island, to, defend, to really defend, to, to defend uh, Western civilization from being just decimated by, by Germany. So really incredible um, how dark and dire this whole circumstance is unplayed and how they fought back um, in, in what it felt like kind of on the ground while all of this was happening. When I look at, at this character, and, and, I, and, and you'll, you'll hear this when you listen to Melissa's interview with Jerry talking about this, it's fascinating to see just how pivotal one man was in changing history, and that was Winston Churchill. And in the period of May to the end of 1940, how, how bad things got in the Battle of Britain, but how the leadership and the courage and the vision and the tenacity of one man um, in a moment where they needed a leader like that, and he rose to the occasion. So I would highly recommend reading the book, The Splendid and the Vile. It's an amazing book. Any book by Eric Larson, really. He's, he's a tremendous writer. Watching the movie Dunkirk first then watch the movie Darkest Hour, and then read the book Splendid in the Vile. The combination of those three things, I think, are magical to get you, to get you primed on, on Winston Churchill and what was happening in that unique moment in history. So you're now primed on Churchill, the Splendid in the Vile, and two amazing films. You can take it from here.